Buckets. This is the off season. We've been uh, we've been struggling to uh, keep you guys engaged. No, I'm just kidding. I think you guys have been great. Our listener count's been great. Uh, but we've we it's the off season, and you know there's not as much happening. We can't do our Shark Tank upsets, which is a really fun feature of Beers and Buckets. But we have a great episode planned for you tonight. Uh, from the jump, we're going to do our beer review. But just a second, Dal, how the heck are you, man? Um, you know, doing well. Uh, technology not exactly cooperating tonight, um, and that's not fun, nope. especially because it affects my job as well. So I've been dealing with camera issues for the last uh, two weeks. I guess I just need to get prettier so my camera will <laughs> stop breaking. Uh, You're gorgeous, baby. You're gorgeous. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I am actually going to San Diego on Saturday, so looking forward to that. So just living life by you. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, had a good good run at basketball tonight. That was really fun. Um, I really enjoyed our interview with Ramon Everett, who you, you guys will hear but in later in this podcast. But uh, that was one of my favorite interviews I think we've ever done on this podcast. Uh, Ramon just knows. That's that's it. if you follow him on Twitter, he knows. He, like <laughs> Ramon knows is his hashtag. But no, he he uh, he's wildly plugged in. But you don't feel like you're talking to somebody that's wildly plugged in. He's just down to earth, really fun guy. So uh, I hope we can have him on again in the future, especially maybe in like a uh, Arkansas top ten matchup because I'm sure they'll be top ten this season at some point, if not. So at the I. Beginning. This is spoiler alert, but it's for something that I didn't get to ask him actually. Uh, but I noticed that on his Twitter account, he is an Arkansas and an Auburn fan, which yeah, is a strange combo. And I didn't, so, but I didn't get to ask him about it. So we might have to to have him back on for the for the Auburn segment so that we can see what his his thoughts on the the Tigers are and see who he thinks would win in a matchup or something like that. No, I, I think that'd be a great idea, especially yeah, Auburn, Arkansas match, matchup last year went to overtime. That was Auburn was like, you know, one loss or whatever on the season. So uh yeah, that would be great. More like Fraudburn. <laughs> uh speaking of Auburn, we know we're gonna do our NBA draft uh, bus sleeper lock here in a second. Before we do that, let's do our beer review. I'm ready to drink this beer, man. I'm really excited for it. Do you mind if I go first? Yeah, that was a strange segue where you segued to one segment that we will do <laughs> later just to segue back to this segment, but you got it. I'm a wizard, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm drinking uh, Urban Artifact, the gadget. So Urban Artifact, Artifact is in Cincinnati. I'm sure a lot of our Kentucky listeners have heard of that brewing company, and they probably sell them a lot in the stores there up there. I don't see a lot of it down here. So when I saw that, I looked it up and I saw Cincinnati. I was like, well, this is a go-to for me. Uh, it's a raspberry and blackberry Midwest fruit tart, uh, or fruit fruited kettle sour is what untapped has it listed. It's 8.3%. And Ooh. I haven't had dinner yet, so I might feel it by the end of this beer. And Brother, uh, it's 1045. Why haven't we had dinner yet? Cause I got responsibilities. <laughs> no, yeah, you got I mean. responsibilities to eat sustenance. That's what nah. that's a responsibility. 
I, I, I have you seen me? I could, I could afford to skip a meal and be okay, buddy. I, I promise hey, you that. You <laughs> uh, it's 20 IBUs, and this is the highest beer I've ever, like highest ranked beer I've ever had from Untapped. So it's four out of five on Untapped. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Got me Ooh. a frosted glass here, because uh, I, I found drinking straight from the can doesn't hit the same as like I mean obviously if you can have an on tap that'd be the best but you know just get a nice uh nice head here again pause and uh we uh, will get this thing rolling but it's really <laughs> it looks like a smoothie um so I'm I'm excited to try it on the description that I read on some of the other sites smoothie was one of the is like adult smoothie um, here, like, give me give me a ooh wow that okay like it's super. Dark. I thought he was joking about it, but it is very opaque as well, which yeah makes it, it seem very smoothie. You cannot see my hand on the other side like you would a normal beer, that, so it's very. That is thick. what opaque means. Yeah, I know. I'm just for the dumb listeners. <laughs> I'm giving them an opportunity to understand what you're saying. <laughs> I know it's they don't know. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm not. I'm treating our our listeners like they're they're five. <laughs> and, yeah, explain this to me like I'm five. It, it's that's, the famous. Michael, Michael That's fair. All right, here we go. Mm. It's definitely a sour. I don't know if I love it. I mean, it's one of the better sours I've had, but it is so thick. Oh my! It is just like drinking a smoothie. Oh my gosh! Can we pause that as well? I don't know. It's so thick. It's so thick. Eh, a little bit of reach. A little bit of reach there, Dal. Two C's thick, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's just uh, like I don't know if I'm gonna finish it. Uh, like the flavors there, so it's really tart. Obviously, like a sour. The flavors there, the smell is good. Uh, there's no like malt taste to it. There's no like beer taste hmm. to it. Uh, yeah. It's just a really sour beer. Um, so if you're if you're really into sour beers, like go for it. If you're one like me who like kind of dabbles in them, it's not it's not gonna like. There's no relief to this beer. So not crushable in the slightest you know like <laughs> this is something you sip on it's not something that you're gonna you know drink five or ten at the lake or whatever uh or at the beach it's not crushable at all um i'm gonna compare it to like tcu basketball uh it's an acquired taste uh, and it's purple so there, there's my two comparisons <laughs> <laughs> uh, go horny hey. toads <laughs> fair enough fair enough what are you drinking tonight Dale? Um, I am on the very opposite end of the beer spectrum. So do you know, at least actually, I, let me look this up. Cause I bet it's not the, the sponsor anymore. It is definitely not. Um, do you know what beer used to sponsor Everton and was on the front of their jerseys? Oh, no, no way. <laughs> So oh, it's, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's this beer called Chang that their logo is like two elephants underneath this like kind of palm tree looking thing. It's a, a beer from Thailand. It's a Thai beer, uh, but it's just like a lager. It's their version of like Bud Light, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I saw it at the at Liquor Barn and it's like, oh, that's the Everton beer. So and I had never had it. So that is what we are trying today. It is 5%. It got a 2.9 on untapped. So we are not exactly in the in the highbrow uh, 
It also, it says it's no longer being produced by the brewery. Granted, I'm drinking it right now, so I feel like mm-hmm. that's a lie. Uh, I mean, it, it smells like a lager. Nice glass, bo- nice uh, green glass bottle. I mean, from a lager perspective, it's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's super bland, but that's not really overly surprising. Yeah, uh, lagers. Uh, I go back and forth on them. I mean, if you're in the mood for it, I, I, I feel like that the, like you, you don't want to have, like you would want to drink your beer that you had if you're eating like a burger and fries. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like a a lager would go great with it. I mean, like I love Yingling. Yes. Yinglings are lagers. So yeah, I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah, this, this beer that I'm drinking, the Gadget by Urban Artifact, it's definitely something that you would have with like, and I will, I don't really eat like dessert with a beer, but if I were going to, it'd be like, you know, like a, like a cheesecake would be pretty good with it. Uh, just like, especially like a plain or, you know, a blueberry cheesecake or, or something like that, a raspberry cheesecake, any, anything like that, not like a chocolate one, but that would be pretty good with this. If you're into that sort of stuff, I don't, I'm not Ooh, typically, like a, like but a, like a key lime pie. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good Ooh. one too. The tartness, uh, with That's both. My- that's my favorite dude dessert. i love key lime pie so much and i didn't even get one when i was in the keys i was so mad Ugh, the worst hey, you, can just go to, you can just go to Publix because Publix key lime pie might be this might be a little blasphemous especially for bit, yeah. our florida people but the key lime pie at Publix and their like bakery section might be better than pub subs mm-hmm. that is definitely definitely blasphemous because nothing tops a pub sub first I, so I Second. I agree I agree <laughs> in the pub sub like category as a as a category pub subs at the top like unbeatable the, but oh yeah when you're when you're comparing cross when you're cross crossing over uh, I don't know like food meal lines or whatever I don't yeah, know what yeah, the yeah. analogy would be genre I don't know. Of food <laughs> yes key, the the key lime pie from Publix is oh it's so no. Good. So now, whenever you come and visit me, I'm going to take you to this place called JJ Gandy's. Uh, they are the dessert providers for all the local restaurants in this area. Um, as far down to south as Clearwater and St. Pete, they provide that. And their key lime pie, I, I promise you, is a thousand times better than Publix. Like, I don't even get Publix anymore. If I want key lime pie, I go I go uh, JJ Gandy's. It's so good. Their cheesecake is really good, too. But it's, it's like $30 for a key lime pie, so... Uh, you're paying for restaurant quality and they sell it by like the slice at like $10. So they have an Oreo key lime pie. They have oranges and cream key lime pie. Are you Ooh, on their website? Of course. I do. <laughs> this looks delicious. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another reason why you need to come visit me, bud. but that's just oh, has to happen. Man. So um, who are you comparing your beer to uh, basketball wise? I'm distracted by the key lime pies. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Washington State. The reason being, I got this beer because I was like, "Hey, I remember that one random thing about <laughs> Everton, which is a random ass <laughs> team in the Premier League that barely escaped relegation." And Washington State seems like I was trying to. Oh, Clay Thompson. It's like seeing Clay Thompson and be like, oh, I remember that that one thing for Washington State. This is the only thing I remember about Washington State. And 
Clay Thompson they probably and should Mike get Leach. Relegated. <laughs> yeah, right. So Clay Thompson, I'm gonna Mike go, Leach, like that's it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Washington State on this because I like it. Kind of random. It's really far away. Thailand's really far away. It it all seems to fit. I like it. So okay, well, um, we've had him on before. <laughs> he's he's down to come on again. Roommate Caleb, he's coming in in a second. Uh, he's going to try the Urban Artifact, the gadget. It's funny because he's 21, so he's just now new to the beer scene. And uh, I like to hear his thoughts on it. Uh, he loved the bl- the black and tan. I thought yeah. it was disgusting. So maybe he's more <laughs> mature than I am. I don't know. I'm waiting for him to come in, though. To all our podcast listeners, this is Roommate Caleb. Roommate Caleb, say hi. Hello, everyone. How are you? They don't answer because it's a podcast, but you have Dow with you. So, Caleb, this is the Urban Artifact, um, the gadget. It's a fruited kettle sour, and it's okay. I, I like it so far. Well, I um, really like the can design. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. Um, 8.3%, so it can knock you out. All right. Uh, 20 IBUs, 4 out of 5 on untapped. What do you think of it? First sip. It is strong. For a sour ale, it's really strong, too. But I, it's really good. But it doesn't have like that beery taste. No, there's like it's, no alcohol taste yeah. to it at all. It's just like drinking like it almost like if it was a liquid uh, warhead. I feel like that's what it would be. To me, it's it tastes like. Hold on, let me get another sip before I say this. <laughs> it it tastes like bubbly communion. <laughs> <laughs> like it tastes like I just took communion at church, but they put some some bubbles in it. It, 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 it tastes like a like a spicy wine, but but not it seems as like good the, as it, wine. And it seems like it might be something where know, I'm not you a huge make... wine person, but I've had wine that's better than this. And I've I don't had know, wine that's way worse. Than the this. communion wine is always just booty. Like I'm glad our <laughs> church just straight up they just they're just like no, we're not gonna do wine. We'll just do grape juice. Yeah. that's what I love about it. Um, but yeah, that's. Well, also the thing Spicy. is like, <laughs> I, I will finish this. Like it's, it's good enough to like drink. Yeah. And I'm almost done with mine too. I thought I wasn't going to finish it, but it's grown on me for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's nice. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on roommate, Caleb. Of course. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on review. Probably have you on next week. <laughs> Sweet. See you guys. Question. Have you ever had the cider El Chavo? It's a, uh, I think it's out of Austin. But it's like a mango habanero cider. No, but I definitely want to try it. It's wonder, very delicious. I wonder if I could find it at like a... I mean, we're going to Arizona, so not too far from Texas. I wonder if it would be around there. I mean, uh, they have it in North Carolina as well. So okay, it's yeah. pretty widespread. Uh, but one of the things, the reason I'm saying that is we went to a bar one time and they mixed it with... It was like white Lilith or something. It's some kind of... It was some kind of like liquor that... Where they essentially used it to make a mixed drink. And I feel like that this seems like that it would be a good beer to use to if you like mixed it with some sort of like liqueur to be yeah. able to make a mixed drink as well. Yeah, I could almost see, uh, yeah, like a liqueur or even like if you wanted to get crazy with it, like a flavored vodka. Um, trying to think of like a good flavored vodka. I'm not a huge vodka person, but um, I could see that mixing it as well. Like if you've ever ever done like a loaded land shark, so it's a land shark, you drink like I don't know a third of it, and then you fill yeah. you put like a shot of tequila or two shots of tequila in it. Um, kind of the same concept, I think would be would be pretty good. Um, so if, if you're into that sort of stuff, yeah, I could definitely see that. 
Um, it's just that, you know, like this is not one of those beers that, like I said, you would have, you know, sitting out by the pool. Uh, it's definitely one one that you would get at the brewery. Um, like you said, it wouldn't even go good with a burger or something like so. Uh, it's just it's it's all it's just a little weird, uh, but I don't hate it. So shout out to Urban Artifact for making such a unique beer. And shout out to JJ Gandy's for making me really want to keep that right now. <laughs> You're about to book a flight to come see me. Dude, just I, so you can get I, <laughs> I need it. I need it. Yeah. All right, Dow, let's play a game here. Bus sleeper lock NBA draft edition. You want to do bus first? Um, so yeah, so I the I we're using the if you go to Tankathon and go to the mock draft thing, that's the like their consensus mock draft is the one we're using, right? Because mm-hmm. in in doing this, I wanted to make sure, especially with this draft being super unknown, I wanted to look at specific fits for teams and say, okay, this person in this in this role would will either do like one of these three things, uh, and I want so I want to be on the same page there. So yeah. if we're gonna go, which one do, do we want to be positive or negative first? Let's go negative and end on a positive note. Okay, so we're going bust. Uh, let me looking through this. Ooh, Tari Eason to the Hornets. We like that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say blanket, like off limits, because it's almost like just like prime for the picking. But it's not really fair because just we all know Shade Sharp. I feel like that's an off limit name to say bust I'm, because he didn't play any organized ball this past year. So it's been like a year and a half since he played organized ball. Were you going to say his name? No, I wasn't. I'm just going to say for the listeners who were wondering, oh, you know, like it's got to be Shade Sharp. We're not saying his name because it's it's almost like it's it's too easy to say that, you know. I'm not saying his name because I don't think he's going to be a bust. Yeah, so. I don't think he's going to be a bust either. And but I th- I know a lot of people have negative feelings towards him and you know, everything. Our listeners probably have maybe a little yeah. bit of negative feelings towards him. So I'm just going to say straight up, we're not putting him as a bust because there's two. It's the expectations for him, I don't think are super high for, at the NBA level right now either. Cause he's like I said, he hasn't played in a year and a half and he's 19 years old. So I mean, if we're going by this mock, he's going fifth. So the expectations are pretty high, but all right, I, I have decided on my bust here. Uh, the, the bust is, and I don't, I like this player and I think that he has a ton of upside but he just seemed to be kind of a flash in the plant the a flash in the pan at the end of the year last year he's only 19 i think that he has some like kind of josh primo vibes mm-hmm. i think he's kind of the josh primo vibe of this do you actually before i say it do you have a guess as to who i'm looking at um is it ben matherin Nah, it's Malachi Branham. Uh, that was my the, second option. I actually, like that was like my second yeah. option. I thought maybe so, you were gonna go higher with it, so I was like, eh, I can see him going with that. But no, it's it's Malachi Branham. I I really like his game, and he, I mean, he scored sixteen, seventeen points a game last year. Just he in in this case, he's going sixteenth to the Hawks. That's just a team that has a lot of guys that play the two or the three. And just seems, I don't know, I could see, like, like how, how is he playing over a guy like Kevin Herter yeah. when I, I don't know if he's any better than Kevin Herter and Kevin Herter has the years on him. So 
the in this specific role, uh, I I like Malachi Branham. Just probably would prefer him more in the like late twenties as opposed to sixteenth. So I'll go that. Especially with some of the guys that are left on the board um, in this. I guess it's not really like him going right before Ojai Baji. Like that just seems weird to me. Yeah. So, well, I'll go him for my bust. I'm going to go a little hot takey with my bust. And uh, I don't do this to be like, oh, you're I'm just doing a hot take. Um, I'm just looking at the organization. I'm looking at the role that this player would be in and how this organization just traded to get a player like him or similar to him out of this role. Uh, and I feel Come like, on. no, <laughs> I know you're going. This makes you sad. I mean, do I, I like this player. I do like this player. I think to label him as a bus for his entire career. No, uh, I think, I think he'll be in a similar situation as the player that he's replacing. Um, and I'm going to go Jaden Ivy uh, on the right now. He's, uh, he's uh, mocked to the four, uh, fourth pick to the Kings. And this yeah. is because Jaden Ivy to be super effective needs to have the ball in his hands. So does the counterpart uh, in De'Aaron Fox as a point guard. So uh, I, I hate saying it because I really do like him. I think his jump shot needs to improve um, all around like from all three levels. And for him to be, like I said, to be most effective, he has to have the ball in his hands. He's like a lot of comps to Russell Westbrook. A lot of people say Russell Westbrook with a jumper. I don't even know if the jumper's there. Um, I know he averaged a lot of points, but like I said, he was like the one wing at Purdue that, or the one guard at Purdue that could really could just keep the ball in his hands the whole time. And they had a really good backcourt or front court to help him out when he was struggling, you know, to get those rebounds and to pass out to him. Uh, so I think the Kings are just going to royally screw this up. Uh, no pun intended there. And uh, they're going to take him <laughs> when they could that take like a Shaden Sharp or, uh, you know, they could they could not that Shaden Sharp, I think, would be much better. But he's at least a little bit taller um, and he would be more of a small forward, maybe than he than Jaden Ivey. I don't know. I just Shaden Sharp could play without the ball in his hands. Jaden Ivey can't. And we haven't seen him do that. So um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if comparing Shaden Sharp and Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey is a two, but leans more on the one side of the two. And Shaden Sharp is a two that leans more on the three side, probably. I mean, that's a hell of an athletic backcourt, which would be fun. But I don't know if it's a good fit. And I definitely don't know if it's a good fit, considering, like you said, they just traded away arguably their best player in Tyrese Halliburton because they kind of have a log jam at the guard position and wanted to, I mean, I don't think wanted to, or just kind of had to prioritize De'Aaron Fox considering what his contract is. Like it just seems strange to say, Oh, Hey, we're going to trade this guy. Cause we don't have the, really the room for him. We're trying to get a, a big, who also isn't the most athletic up and down the court kind of vibe in uh, what's his first name? Sabonis, Demontis, Demontis Sabonis. Like he's kind of a plotter that doesn't really get up and down the court. And then you yeah. have 
two of the most athletic guards in the in the <laughs> league as your as your one and two guards. Like, yeah, it would just be kind of a strange fit. Um, so I don't. I mean, the, you can't see my face because my camera's messed up. But like, this is my surprise face that <laughs> the Kings would mess up a draft pick. I am just completely floored. So yeah, like, and and I say this again. It's not, I think, Jaden Ivey himself is the bust. I think it's the role that he's going to be put in that is going to make him be a bust. Um, And that's uh, that's important to say just in general when we talk about players being bust. um, In general, like you have to realize that sometimes they're not put in the best role to succeed. uh, And so we can't really blame them entirely. Like it's on front offices more times than not. Yeah, I mean, I I was talking about this. I One of my professors at Wake... I uh, was a econ sports professor, Dr. McFall, shout out. Uh, he and I were talking the other day about Andrew Wiggins talking about the, this was right before the final started. And I was like, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is a good basketball player. Yeah. If you have him on your team and you can ask him to do the things that he's good at, he's an incredible basketball player. He just isn't the top five pick lead a team Canadian Jordan or Maple Jordan or whatever yeah. his <laughs> nickname was. Like, like he's not that but whenever you get realistic and ask him to do the things that he's good at and not expect him to do way more than that, he's a very, very good basketball player that yeah. was an all-star starter for no reason this year. But, well, it was because of the fan vote, but there, so there was a reason, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that was ridiculous. Like, he's not that good. But he is still a very, very competent basketball player that is very good at a role if that's the role you give him. The problem with the Kings doing something like this with Jaden Ivey is like, is the role, are you asking him to, to fit a role that doesn't really fit exactly what his strengths are considering the team? And that's honestly, I mean, we have these conversations and our Kentucky group chat all the time. And it's a conversation with any sort of team building activity where it's like, Oh, this person would be good on this team, but like, but where do they fit in? How do they fit the role? Because it isn't just like a 2k builder, like it doesn't you're not always building work. a 2K team, right? Yeah, it so. doesn't always work. There's actual chemistry and things that go into into play there. So, um, let me let me do this dishonorable mention. I would say honorable mention, but we're talking about bus here. So, dishonorable mention. Uh, <laughs> who would who would you say is like right there as your as your second pick for uh, bust in this draft? So. I think I'm going to say this, and it's honestly more so, I think he honestly will, in the role that is given to him in like via this draft, would actually be, this would be one of the better landing spots for him. But Jaden Hardy is just someone that I am You're super not low excited on. about. Like, <laughs> he's, his calling card was that he's a like scoring guard that is super explosive and can beat anyone off the dribble. And then he proved that his first step just like, is wasn't there. Yeah. I won't say isn't there. Cause it can obviously improve, but him, I mean, in, in this it has him going 21st to the nuggets. That seems a little rich for my blood, but the nuggets, I mean, shit, I, I could be the a shooting guard for the nuggets <laughs> and play off of Nicole Jokic and probably <laughs> be, be decent. So the, that fit honestly is probably pretty good for him, but I just, I just don't get Jaden Hardy as a top 20 top. I mean, even first round pick this yeah. year, he just, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, 
I'm gonna say my dishonorable mention is probably I'm gonna say Johnny Davis. Um and again I think it's more because of the organization that he'd be drafted to. So according to Tankathon, he'd be going twelfth to OKC. And uh I just don't think there was there's a huge role for him there, um, considering how high they are in um Josh Giddy. And I just I don't see him taking away minutes from Josh Giddy there. So uh I just don't think he's he'd make a huge impact. And and for that, for all the hype that Johnny Davis got this past year in college basketball, for him to go there and just be like a bench warmer, uh, I think that would be kind of disappointing. I have a I have a buddy, my shout out to my buddy Marco. He calls him the next Devin Booker, and he really wants him on the magic for some reason. And I said, Marco, I said, Marco. Devin Booker's number one attribute coming out of college was his shooting ability. Johnny Davis, like his his mid range is fine. His mid range is hey, good. Johnny Davis, Johnny Davis shoots, but like Cal says, three pointers. We we need we need we need makers, not shooters. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, that's what I mean. It's his shot making ability from three, especially, is just bad. And that's the biggest question mark about your shooting guard is that can he make threes? I know he averaged twenty point eight points a game, but he did that when in a mid ten against mid 10 defenses you know not even like great defenses there so uh i'm just not super high on johnny davis i think we all know that um i've never been super high on him so i'm not going to try and be a hater here i just don't think i'm not casey would be a great landing spot for him i'm not hiring him either but i think anyone that is going to play with shea gillis alexander and josh giddy is going to be set up for success because josh giddy is already probably a top 10 passer in the league so even though i am anti Johnny Davis hype. <laughs> uh, I think pretty much anyone, especially like, I mean, they just don't have anyone. So anyone that goes to them is going to be. They have Poku, my dude. Hey, we they're going to get Chet. They're going to get I need Chet, Chet and, Poku. and Poku. That's a, that's a skinny ass back front court and I need it. Doesn't matter. The shot's getting blocked. Doesn't matter. Yes, sir. They're gonna they're gonna drain it from three. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Um, let's go to our sleepers of this draft, and we'll do honorable mentions as well. All right. So what what are we defining as a sleeper? I think anyone that's coming in with almost like zero hype, uh, just kind of right. low expectations. I think pretty much anyone out of the lottery. I think we can we can assume anyone out of the lottery would be a sleeper. All right, you go first because I'm gonna be a homer and do some homer stuff. So you can go first. <laughs> oh, I know who your sleeper is. <laughs> uh, I think my sleeper in this uh, is Jalen Williams uh, going to OKC from Santa Clara. Uh, I, I really like this kid. I think we've talked about him enough on this podcast before. Um, not like not a lot of exposure, and the fact that he is uh, just sneaking in here at 30th pick for to OKC according to Tankathon is just says a lot about how good of a player he is considering how little exposure he had. Uh, I like him a lot. My honorable mention here would probably be Patrick Baldwin to the Spurs uh, with the 20th pick. I, we, we all know how much we love PBJ on here. And I just think that he was dealt a crappy situation trying to be loyal to his family. And he was the best player on a really bad team. And so it kind of brought his stock down. But if he goes with the 20th pick, I mean, that's only dropping, what, like uh, 12 spots from when he was projected and uh, he was number eight coming into this year. So uh, only dropping 12 spots after the year he had would be incredible for him. 
going to the Spurs, I think would be incredible for him. Just that situation. I think he'd be really good in the Spurs as like a stretch four, a small ball or small three stretch four, whatever. Uh, I think he'd be great there. Yeah. And that'd be a, that'd be a sick landing spot. Also, if Jalen Williams drops to 30, I will be floored because everything that I've heard from essentially anyone covering the NBA draft in the last month has been like, yo, this guy might slip into the lottery I would be floored if he makes it all the way to 30. I would really love to see him go to the heat. I think he would be phenomenal at the heat if we're being honest. Like if they get him at 27, like sign me up. I'd be an honorary heat fan. Just that I just think he's got that dog in him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you just continue to plug that phrase. It works. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Dude, I, I love the NBA draft. Um, it's, it's such good content. I love yeah, it. It's so fun. Uh, so, all right. So I'm curious to see who you think my Jake uh, LaRavia, pick Homer. It's either Jake LaRavia or Ty Ty Washington. You said a Homer pick. So uh, are, are you sure about that? I'm looking at who else is available. Who's projected that late? I mean, like, scroll down a little bit there, bud. Um, I really like Alondis Williams. Yeah. Uh, so that that could be a sleeper. I just, how many minutes is he gonna like? So for the listener, Alondis Williams projected forty fifth to the Hornets. I just don't see him taking a lot of minutes away from that Hornets backcourt. I think that. Alonis Williams is one of the three best passers in this draft. So getting him onto a team like that, that could use playmaking. And especially, I think they have them going Tari Eason and Mark Williams up top. So that's two additions to that front court. Um, I think Alonis Williams would be a great addition, but I actually, I mean, that's just me being a homer. Alonis Williams is dope. And I think the skip pass is one of the things that is kind of going to be something that we see as a trend over the next couple of years because skip passes have the ability to move defenses in a way that nothing else does. Like if you can, because defenses have gotten now have gotten so good. We're watching two defenses that are the best two probably at it this, this year at rotating and switching. So you, with the Warriors and the Celtics in the finals. So being able to not have to rely on a pass that's like one person away, but go two passes away with a skip pass like that mm-hmm. is something that I think will be a trait that we see, especially like role players kind of guys. I mean, shit, the Lakers have been looking for someone to do this for the last like five years. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be an underrated trait that continues to rise in priority, especially among kind of like lower level picks. And he does that better than almost anyone. So I think he's a, he's a pick for me there. Um, you mentioned Jake LaRavia, Jake LaRavia and the warrior system would be really, really good. Oh my too. God. It would be unfair. Unfair. I would love it. I would be a, the biggest Jake LaRavia fan. If, if he went to the warriors, um, we, we already are big Jake LaRavia fans. Yeah, absolutely. Here, I'm, I'm scrolling through this cause I don't want to actually be a Homer, even though now <laughs> I'm just cheating and picking a third person. Can I get? Can after, I pick a third person too? As long as you don't pick the guy that I'm picking. Well, I don't know who you're picking. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, 35 to the Magic. 
because shout out to the magic, uh, Christian Coloco. I think hey, if, I, if I get to be a homer, you get to be a homer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But Christian Coloco at the magic, because I, I think we all know at this point, uh, Mo Bamba is going to be gone um, at some point this season. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, the sign and trade is definitely going to be there. Uh, if we're, if we're going home run pick, like you sign and trade, uh, Gary Harris and Mo Bamba, and then you take Terrence Ross and, um, I don't know, throw in Jonathan Isaac and you go, go for broke with Donovan Mitchell, but Christian Coloco as a backup center to Wendell Carter Jr. would be fantastic because he's got the shot blocking ability that Wendell Carter just doesn't have. Um, but he also is just a really good, like he's a really good poke bat player. I really like Coloco a lot. Him and Mathurin both are really fun players to watch. Arizona was super fun to watch this past season. Uh, if you were just a hater and just didn't want Arizona to win, like screw you guys because they were really fun. <laughs> Throwing shots for just no reason. Uh, One thing I just that's... hate when people hate good teams because they're good. Like if you want to hate somebody because they're annoying, that's okay. one thing, but just don't hate teams because they're good. So one thing that is very interesting about Coloco is, do you know how many career three-point shots? Oh, it had to be like he, under 10. He has taken. It's probably like under 10. Uh, yeah, it's five. He is over <laughs> five. But let me. I don't care. Um, we don't need him to stretch the floor. We just need him to get rebounds and defend defend the rim. No, but that's. So this this is leading to a point. Mm-hmm. So he at the at the at the combine. Let me see if they have his. No, they don't have it here. I'm trying to find because like. I'm pretty sure he like went off at the combine and hit a bunch of threes. Was like near the top in in oh, three yeah, point shooting that. and yeah. stuff. And it's like, yo, where did you that come literally, from? You literally had never made a three point shot in your entire life. From I blame college. Sean Miller. I blame Sean Miller. And I blame what's like, his name? <laughs> Whoever the news coach's name is, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, at over five foot. Five, seven foot five, Coloco's wingspan is longer than any other prospect in last year's draft class and is the top five longest dating back to 2019. Give me his shooting thingies. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Magic to the casual NBA fans, and obviously you shouldn't know a deep dive on the Magic because they are just always booty. Uh, but the... True. But the this front office here is the ones like they're the guys that drafted Giannis and they basically drafted him on wingspan and height. This front office loves wingspan. If they like they're the we always like the Magic Twitter we call themselves the wing wingspan warriors because that's what they just love to get. So the fact that he's the longest wingspan, I think with the thirty fifth pick, if Coloco is available, he's absolutely going to be a magician, uh, which is not technically what we call. Uh, Orlando Magic players, but it, it would make the most sense. So uh, <laughs> this man, this man was zero for five in his career from three point line in shooting NBA threes. Shot sixteen for twenty five in the like three point star drill where they Ooh. go where it's like it's a movement shooting drill where you go yeah. from like corner to the opposite wing, corner opposite wing. You work in the top of the key at some point there. Yeah. But like like where did this come from? If you can get that, like, granted, it obviously has to translate, but he shot 74% from the free throw line last season. Like, that could be what you wanted Mobamba to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which would be just incredibly weird to be able to, like, get that guy 
however many or four years later, I guess after yeah you sunk all that time into mobile, but that'd be very strange. Well, at the same time, you got to realize it was um they took Mombamba thinking that Vucevic wasn't going to be that guy. And then Vucevic became that guy. And sure. uh, so it was like, oh, well, we took this center for nothing. And then we got Wendell Carter Jr. in a trade in a trade, and he ended up being better than Mobamba. So not that Mobamba is that bad. I just think he needs to be in a role that's not coming off the bench um, to be the best that he can be. Uh, so there. can I take a guess at what your third honorable mention or your second honorable mention here is? Feel Feel free. Uh, Blake Wesley uh, to the Grizzlies. No, but I do like that. I know. I like Blake I, Wesley's game a lot. You've been you've been high on him since Kentucky lost to them, even before that, to be honest yeah, with you. And but, yeah, and people started calling that a bad loss, and it wasn't. Which is so uh, stupid. No. Yeah. So my <laughs> – I just continued to expand my numbers, which is <laughs> why I get too excited about this. So <laughs> – Shout out Bryce McGowan's because I think he'll be very good and this has him going to the Pacers and he'll be a very good scorer in the yeah. league uh, coming off a shit Nebraska team because why would anyone ever go to Nebraska for anything? But Justin Lewis is the guy that I uh, have. He it, This has him going to the Timberwolves at mm-hmm. the 50th pick. And he seems like that he's very much in the same mold of a Jared Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Whichever McDaniels they have. Except for a better scorers. Yeah, definitely better score, but like that, like kind of three four hybrid guy that yeah, can it's, it's rebound Jayden. really well. Jaden, yeah, that can rebound really well. That can score some. Uh, I just really like that fit a lot. And granted, Marquette's in Wisconsin, Minnesota obviously is in Minnesota, but like it's a those are essentially the same place. People don't get mad at me for saying that because <laughs> I'm sure that there are some rivalries there. But like just him getting to stay there and um, working on that Timberwolves team. Timberwolves are just a fun team too. They're super yeah. young and figuring stuff out. So that'll be my that'll be my other sleeper after like twenty minutes of me picking half the second <laughs> second round as my as my sleeper pick. All right, let's move on to to locks here. Um, I'm just say locks are they're not gonna be like uh like something that you would be a gamble. So like a shade and sharp at you know like to the Pistons. Um, yeah. yeah. It's more locks are just things that like, oh, this is a great fit for this team. It makes the most sense. Uh, so what do you, where, who are your lock and your honorable mention lock? We're only keeping it to this time. Uh, who's your lock and honorable mention lock here? Uh, honorable mention lock is Chet Holmgren to the OKC Thunder, just because one, I want to see that front court with Palo. But he's a magician, buddy. I mean, it, it, if he, if he does make it to two, like, Sam Presti is sprinting to the podium. Like he's oh, going to yeah. pass out. He's running so hard to get to the podium <laughs> to turn that draft pick in. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I mean by lock in that case is just mm-hmm. the pure upside play of him is exactly what the Thunder do, but my actual lock and this isn't someone that I think is going to be some like world beater, great player, but this has Mark Williams going to the Hornets. The Hornets desperately need literally anyone that can play the five. And I think Mark Williams, one is probably the best rim protector, at least like primary rim protector, because Chet Holmgren is incredible blocking shots, but he's kind of more of an off the ball presence. Mark Williams, I think is the best like direct rim protector in this, in this class. He, 
definitely showed some some scoring upside towards the end of the year. Showed a little bit of playmaking upside too, honestly. They mm-hmm. had him kind of I, I don't know if he'd ever get to the level where like Bam is in terms of making plays kind of from the nail at the free throw line, but he definitely has a little bit of that in his game at least. So, them getting him in there, he's going to be able to get lobs from LaMelo. Uh this also has him playing alongside Tari Eason, which would be another uh great defender on on that side. So, I mean, I the Hornets literally not picking a stupid white center from Wisconsin or North Carolina is a wonderful change of pace. And yeah. <laughs> I think Mark Williams would be awesome. In, in it's, funny, it's funny you mentioned that because I have Tari Eason as my honorable mention hey. lock. Uh, I just think Hornets, like said, winners of the draft, getting yeah. two of the locks and, uh, and a sleeper. From yeah, absolutely. North. No, I just think – the the expect that for some reason like everyone's super low on this except for like this podcast uh uh but Tari Eason I think is going to be a fantastic player in the league I think he's going to be one of those guys that um has an impact without being super flashy even though his game can have flash to it um he's still pretty young he's only 21 he's a sophomore you know coming out of the school 25 points per game like how are you, you going to say like that's not flashy but it really wasn't I feel like everyone's kind of sleeping on him so he can almost slide in as a sleeper uh, but I think he's just a perfect lock here because they don't have a front court at all. Uh, so like you it's said, really with Mark bad. Williams, uh, Tari Eason is the honorable mention lock here. Uh, my my ultimate lock here, and this is assuming that the, the Spurs get um, Patrick Baldwin Jr., would be Ben Matherin uh, with the ninth pick here. I think that just mm, makes the most sense. He's a defensive-minded but is a really good scorer. He's 6'6", 205, like wing uh, so I just feel like he, he has the, you put him next to Keldon Johnson and that's, that's a really fun lineup. Uh, and then PBJ like would also be really fun with I, that I like too. That you act like Keldon Johnson is their best player when they have DeJounte Murray, but no, I know. But like, I just really <laughs> like Keldon Johnson's game there. Like he's, no, he's know, definitely just... flourished there. No, DeJounte Murray obviously is a better player than Keldon Johnson <laughs> at this point. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But just I'm just thinking of the young guys because we also don't know the long term plans for San Antonio. So Dejounte Murray could be out and go to a contender. Uh, at this point, it seems like San Antonio is here to rebuild, and uh, it would be definitely a, a fantastic pick for them to get Ben Matherin. That would that's a lock to me. Uh, if if he didn't go there, it had to be New Orleans before. Um, if if they swap Dyson Daniels uh, goes to San Antonio and uh, ben Matherin goes to New Orleans. I still think that's a lock with Ben Matherin at New Orleans. Like, I don't care where he's going. I think it's a lock. He go to even uh, Portland with the seventh pick, and it, it would make sense to me. He's just, I, I just, I'm really high on this kid. So, uh, can't wait to watch his career. He's, he reminds me of like his uh, his projection right now reminds me of like Moses Moody, except for he's not going to a t- uh, finals contender. <laughs> so he will actually have an impact from day one. I think Moses Moody will definitely have an impact in the next couple of years uh, for Golden State, but for right now, we'll we'll see what happens to his career. I'm curious who's your who's your comp for Tari Eason because I have a guy from the playoffs that I think is what is like kind of not the best case, I guess, but like the most reasonable expectation for him. But curious to see your thoughts. <sighs> it's. It's tough. I I almost want to go. Um, I almost want to go with like rookie 
like Laker Julius Randle uh, with this. And I know that's that's probably like not like where are you pulling this from, but I just feel like yes. <laughs> very much not what I was expecting. Yeah, I just I don't know. It, it, I feel like Tari Eason, Julius Randle was the talk of the draft that year, if you don't if you remember. Uh, and so he went to the Lakers and then he got injured that first year. Um, but I feel like Julius Randle has always been an impactful player on both ends of the court. And I feel like Tari Eason can be that for the Hornets. Um, especially when they have already like a good guard. So uh, it's probably not the best comparison. I, that's just the one off the top of my head. Who was your comparison for Tari's? And I'd, I'd be curious. Um, who were the three best players for the uh, Dallas Mavericks last year? Or this year? This year? year? Whatever. Their I mean, season's done. So I don't know if we say this year or last year. Yeah, no, like this. It, Counts as this year. I mean, obviously yes. the Luka, most recent team that they had. Luca is is definitely one. Um, is it crazy to say Dinwiddie is another one? I would go Jalen Brunson as two, but yeah, I got gotcha you on that. I I wasn't going in order. I'm just giving three. Yeah. I mean, obviously Luca is the best player there for <laughs> right by far. Um, I don't know. Uh, so Jalen Brunson, and then what? Um, and stuff like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like I don't know Finney Smith. I don't. So Finney Smith is who I was thinking of as about six seven guy that is built kind of more like a small four, but can play that power forward role. Yeah, is I mean what right now? Tari Eason's listed at six eight two two seventeen. Dory Finney Smith six seven two twenty. Like. A true, true three and D shot has shot thirty nine percent, forty percent from the last two seasons from three, averaging five three point attempts per game. Like that, that seems like if you if you have a true elite caliber team, like playoff contending team, if you can have Tari Eason fill that Dorian Finney Smith role where he can lock down whoever the other like best wing is and can reliably hit threes for you. Yeah. Like that's that's a beautiful beautiful pickup at the end of the lottery beginning of the kind of like middle of that that first round. Uh No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I like that comparison. Uh Usman Diang, I I'd be curious how he performs at this level. I mean, like he's He's taller than Tari Eason. He's six nine. He weighs less, but he plays I small forward. Him. I really, I'm really high on him. I, I would hope that he would go a little bit higher than uh, fourteen. Maybe like go to the Knicks with eleventh pick or something like that. It's it's tough because they have R.J. Barrett, but um, I could also see, it, I could also see OKC okay, really taking fun. him. Yeah, true. I I I don't know how they would pick Johnny Davis over a guy like Usman Dang or Tari Eason shit for that matter. I yeah. Yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty tough to see them. I I could also see um, Hornets taking Usman Diang and taking like Mark Williams and then Tarius and go to like Cleveland or something. I don't know. Um, I could see that happening because freaking Miles Bridges posting his uh, pink lemonade, quote unquote, and his uh, I don't. He didn't his even blunt, try and justify joint. the blunt. <laughs> he didn't even hey, try and justify fine. that. He just he was just like no it's pink lemonade like that's what everyone's concerned about there. 
Let the man live. Let yeah, it's live. off season. Who cares? Uh, I'm this, no this judgment here. No judgment here. I just know there's going to be some investigation somewhere. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, I- if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, we are back with Ramon Everett. Ramon, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. I think Dow's pretty good, too. Are you good, I wish my I wish my technology would work. Uh, <laughs> we were supposed to start trying to do video for this, uh, and <laughs> for the last, like, two weeks, my camera has been messed up, so I got a new one, and now that webcam's messed up, so I have no idea, man. Oh, man. But other than that. That's cold. All right, so... Ramon, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you are a filmer for Overtime, and you have your own uh, Twitter account that you kind of – you have your personal one, but then you have a combo Twitter account. Tell us about yourself and where uh, where we can follow you and your work. And I also have another question for you, but tell us about yourself. All right, so I appreciate the wonderful introduction. Yeah, uh, I do – I work for Overtime, and uh, here and there, I do stuff for Ball is Life. But um, mainly, I'm an Overtime filmer. Um, I'm primarily <laughs> Carlos Boozer's son's uh, cameraman. That's dope. So yeah, uh, it's been it's been a journey the last year. Um, I only been filming for like a year and like three months, so uh, everything's kind of been picking up fast. But um, you could typically a lot of people follow me on Twitter. Um, grind so hard, twenty eight, two two eight, and on Instagram, l two g underscore tv. Uh, my brand is uh live to grind. So um, yeah, everything is uh. Yeah, I love Twitter. So um, everything kind of picked up rapidly on there. That's kind of yeah. I kind of got it, the the fan base now. Definitely credit to a lot of the Arkansas and Auburn people because mm-hmm. without the uh, where I'm at, and that's just me being honest. So I definitely owe a lot of the credit to a lot of the fans and uh, just uh, the wonderful support that I've been getting over the last year. So you mentioned that you film for overtime. You you film you're like Carlos Boozer's son's over uh, like filmer. Uh, so two questions then, because I didn't know that second part. Uh, do you when you play two K? Like, have you ever tried to shoot the way Carlos Boozer shoots? Because he has the weirdest free throw shot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Not as funny. You now we talk about playing one on one sometimes, but it, it hasn't happened yet. But uh, he probably still could beat me with his experience. <laughs> That's facts, probably. They're, they're, they're class of twenty twenty five, right? So they're freshmen. Yeah, right one of them's the number one recruit. In the country, and the other one, he's like ranked in the top twenty, like twenty four, I believe. That's gonna be. That would make me so mad if I was the the twin that was like wasn't a five star. <laughs> that made me so mad. But yeah, basically on a uh, the rankings, it was like the first twenty twenty five rankings. So I'm pretty sure he he's held his own against like five of the guys in the top twenty five. So I'm pretty sure the next update he will get bumped up. He should be up there for sure. Yeah. 
So how did you get in? Like, how did you get into this? And I, I really got to ask, who's the best high school athlete you've ever filmed or have you ever seen in person? I'm, I'm sure you go into a lot of these events. Uh, who's the best player that you've ever seen? Oh, you're going to make me get in trouble. Um, <laughs> who's the most exciting? How about that? Let's say the most exciting, because sometimes the best isn't always the most exciting. So the most exciting player that I've seen uh, probably would be Shaden Sharp. Oh, we don't mention that name Redacted. around here. Yeah, yeah we don't mention that name around here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, I love Shaden Sharp. I'm just, just, I'm not salty about it at I all. I believe he averaged like 30, but every game that I went to, and I went to like, I've seen him play like eight times. Like he, he always comes to, he always came to play, and I thought, I thought he held his own last year. Yeah. And I'm also uh, yeah, we're big Shaden Sharp fans on this podcast. Last year, um, Derek Whitehead. So them too, because every time I watched them play last year, and like last year is my first time kind of getting like, because I mean the ranking stuff, you know, you know how that is, and some sometimes mm-hmm. that the top isn't always, you know, what I'm saying doesn't always show up sometimes. So I mean, I thought I thought that was pretty cool to see like the best players like they came to play and they were pretty efficient for the most part. Yeah, yeah, oh for sure. Those two are fantastic players. I wish we could have seen Shaden Sharp play in some sort of college or at least G League. Uh I think that whole situation is just wacky and uh I don't think even he knew what was going to get what was going to happen in the in the long in the long run. But there's no hate for Shaden Sharp on this podcast at least. I can't speak for Dow, but I think I can speak for down I mean, the situation. Yeah, we love Shaden Sharp on this podcast. And uh Derico Whitehead just picked the wrong blue school if you're if you're asking. Yeah, me. That, <laughs> that's that's a little tough. Yeah, yeah, and just to finish it up on Shaden, like what she's saying, I know a lot of the uh contestants and have like insight and stuff like personally, but um this whole EYBL session, I actually was with his um EYBL team, you play Canada, and mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying the same thing. Like they really he really wanted to play for Kentucky really bad. So um, I was just saying a lot. I don't think he really yeah. knew and like uh, w- w- what was going to transpire. Yeah, no, definitely. So, all right. Well, we we talked about you. Now we want to talk about Arkansas. So, we know Arkansas finished twenty eight and nine on the season, thirteen and five in the SEC. They finished <laughs> fourth overall in the SEC. Um, and AP top twenty five. They rounded out the season seventeenth, and then Ken Palm they rounded out the season eighteenth. So. They were a really good team. They had some really weird losses. Like, like how do you lose to Vanderbilt? Like, I, I just don't understand that one. That was a tough loss. I agree. Yeah, Vanderbilt are one of the worst teams in the ACC. That loss should, shouldn't have been there. I definitely will agree with you on that one. <laughs> I think there was another one preseason, like, not preseason, but in the in the non-conference was, uh, was it Hofstra? Was that the yeah, other Hofstra. Yeah. There was a, there were some weird losses because at, at times this Arkansas team looked um, at the best team in the nation. Uh, you know, they even they took you know they they held their own on, against a lot of good teams, um, snuck out some wins against a lot of good teams. So it's just weird. It's almost like sometimes they just played down to their opponents is what it looked like uh, throughout the season. So give me what who was your I mean, who was your favorite player? I, I'd have imagine it was JD Note, right? No. No, that's surprising. Okay. Jalen Williams? Yeah, I was a big fan of Jalen Williams. Uh, yeah, now that he's left Arkansas, I think I like him a little bit more. I think the rumors <laughs> that the Magic are, are, are going to take him in the second round. Uh, but I just can't get behind tracking how many charges a player takes. That's just a stupid stat to me. That just that just shows that they don't want to play defense. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Yeah. 
All right, so let's break down. Who do we know that's leaving? Ramon, do you want to take it away on this part? <laughs> who do we know that's leaving? Um, or, or that's, that's already leaving or that's already left? Yes, both. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's easier to say who's returning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So of the of the people returning, we know Devontae Davis and Kamani Johnson are the two returning. After that, for our listeners who don't know, J.D. Note has gone to the draft. Um, Stanley Umode, is that how you pronounce it? I don't even know how to pronounce these names. Is that for, is that correct? He's also going to the draft. Jalen Williams, like I said, is going to the draft. Uh, who else, Dell? I, I forgot his name, but he's going to the – he's trying out for the NFL. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Wait, who's doing that? Tony? Is it Tony? Yeah, him. Adis Tony? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of all the new guys and the old guys at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Chris so, likes Chris likes came from Miami. He's graduating. He was a senior. He was a grad transfer. Uh, who else is leaving? Dell? Con- Connor Vanover. Yeah, transferred Con- to Oral Roberts. Trey Way graduated. KK Robinson. Yeah, he's going to A and M. Chance Moore is transferring down to to Missouri State. And then has Jackson Robinson said where he's going yet? He's undecided according to twenty four seven Sports. He's out. I mean, so we did we did Illinois last week, uh, and we're kind of giving them shit for having a uh, a brand new team. And Arkansas <laughs> is just as bad, if not worse, in terms of turnover. Uh, it's definitely but, worse. Illinois had three people returning. Arkansas is two. True. Uh, two pretty good ones though. Demonte Davis, man, I I really like his game a lot. Yeah. He's, so Demonte Davis had, freshman last year too, right? Yeah, he had twenty seven minutes per game. He didn't like. He wasn't a stat sheet stuffer, but he did a lot of good things that don't log on a stat sheet. Uh, so so that, that's really encouraging if you're an Arkansas fan. Uh, Kamani Johnson didn't really see the floor a whole lot. Averaged seven minutes a game, um, but 18.1% of possession, uh, percentage of possessions used. So, yeah, that, that's a good sign, too, is that when he was on the floor, he was, he was being used more than the average player. Uh, but as far as people leaving, like we mentioned all those names, even the top four is 33 minutes a game, 27 minutes a game, 31 minutes a game, 32 minutes a game. There are a lot of questions about this, these incoming players because you're you're losing a lot of production. So, Ramon, give us a breakdown of the incoming players that we have for Arkansas this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. <clears throat> uh, one of my favorite classes. Like, I don't, I'm not sure – like as far as like chemistry yet, but I think um I think it's this could be a really big year. But you have uh the five star the top country Nick Smith, um five star Anthony Black, who's like six eight point guard who's ranked in the top fifteen, who I think who I think is gonna who's actually my favorite player from the class other than Barry Dunning who I'm pretty who I'm pretty close with that's my guy, um and you also have Jordan Walsh who I believe is ranked in a, he's eleven now, yeah like that yeah. but he was it's like seven early in the year so that's just definitely very commendable mode the rut like the coach must i'm like god i'm tripping um <laughs> yeah gary dunning who's in the top 100 joseph pinion and i'm missing one darian ford yeah him yeah uh, back to back iterate yeah. player, like barry so um that rounds got- out the recruits, and then you have like a handful. I mean, you have five transfers coming in too. You're getting like a whole squad. Do you know the transfers off the top of your head? Yes, you have the two Mitchell twins. Mm-hmm. You Ricky Council. You have Trevon. Oh, I cannot pronounce his last name. Brazil. Yeah, him. <laughs> Brazil. Uh, 
Yeah. And Jalen Graham. Yeah. 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 So Ricky Council is coming from Wichita State. He averaged 12 points a game. Uh, the Mitchell brothers uh, respectfully added 10.7 and 9.9 .9 points per game from Rhode Island. Jalen Graham averaged 9.9 .9 points from uh, Arizona State. And uh, Tray Trayvon Brazil averaged 6.6 .6 from Missouri. So um, not entirely sure on the minutes that those guys played, but I mean, obviously they're transferring for a reason. Uh, so that like that's a that's a clear reason why they're transferring. Maybe is because Man, of exposure minutes. I know the I know the Mitchell brothers were. I mean, two of the t two of the starters, or at least two of the yeah. like, biggest producers for Rhode Island, and then Ricky Council was the best player for Wichita State probably last year. Yeah. So sometimes it's minutes that they transfer. Sometimes it's just they want to get it on a bigger stage in a you know in a Power Five conference. They just so. want to take a ride on the must bus. Yeah. That's, who wouldn't? That's the real answer. <laughs> who wouldn't, right? <laughs> I mean, but the the handful of friends, I mean, the top three, not including Darian Ford and Barry Dunning, which are, and Joseph Pinion, those are great players. The top three, you have three top 20 players coming in, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, and Anthony Black. Um, those guys are incredible. I think, personally, my favorite is Jordan Walsh. I think that dude is going to get it done uh, on both ends of the floor. I think he's just a monster. He looks like he's just like, he reminds me of like a Terrence Jones at Kentucky. Uh, but I think he'll be more polished than Terrence Jones was at Kentucky his first year. So uh, okay. a lot of a lot of things to get excited about for him. What do you think, Dal? I'm just curious, actually, to Darren Ramon's thoughts on who's, who's the actual starting five for this team. And if not, who's the starting five? Because I feel like that there can be some politics that goes into that. Like, who's yeah. the closing lineup for this team if they're trying to, you know, close game with two minutes left? Who's who's going to be the the team that closes these games out? They close it. Hell of a question. That is a great question, bro. Um, if I I can I can give you three to five guaranteed, but the other two are going to be a little tricky because we was actually talking about this uh, yesterday. Man, it was probably like two hundred comments. Everybody got a different starting five lineup. Yeah, but, you can make a lot of – there's a lot of combinations you can draw. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, my starting five to start the season, just going off what I know, I would say, of course, A.B. running a point. You have Nick Smith at the two. Jordan Walsh at the four, at the three. I'm going to just say, based off experience, he starts off the season with the two twins from Rhode Island, mm -hmm. along with uh, Nick, Jordan, and A.B., that's not a bad starting five at all. Barry Dunning, he like you mentioned, he's like he's your dude. Uh, that dude, I only found his junior year stats. Him and Darian Ford averaged over twenty points per game in their junior year, but Barry Dunning averaged twenty one point five uh, points per game, along with eleven point three rebounds and three point one assists. So he kind of looks like one of those dudes that can do everything. One one guy that I really like keep an eye on, especially opposing SEC teams, is uh, Joseph Pinion. I think he's going to light it up from three. If I'm not mistaken, he was like 40-something percent from three. Uh, just one of those wings that can play you know, play play defense and really shoot the lights out from three. Yeah, and that, I think that's what was Arkansas. That was one of the biggest things they was missing this year, like a knockdown go-to mm -hmm. shooter. And I think Pinion brings that. I know he doesn't really get talked about. Even a lot of the other, the, a lot of the other top 100 guys, because of the like the, the big three coming in, but Pinion, Ford, and Dunning, they honestly have a chance to be really special and carve out a good Arkansas legacy, like under Coach Musk, like assuming they stay there. 
Yeah. And that's and, one of the cool things about coming in with a class that is so touted like that is you see the the guys kind of underneath. They don't have the like normally if you have three guys that are in the top 100 at pretty much any other school, they're coming in. They're expected to be like day one contributors, starter, starter level. But because you have Black Walsh and Smith coming in along with the these host of other transfers, like you don't have to have Dunning or Pinion come out and just absolutely ball from day one. You can kind of bring them along slowly uh, and hopefully get them ramped up by SEC play so that you can like really be humming in conference play. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that That's definitely, definitely how I feel about those guys because like 71, 74, 789 is their rank. So for Dunning Pinion, uh, those guys, they could they could easily contribute the first their freshman year, and if they don't, those expectations are lowered a little bit for them because they have three eleven and fifteen. So there's Arkansas fans listening to this right now and looking at the the potential lineups that aren't really they're probably not going to be super high on those three. Uh, but as we know, there are definitely players like Shagel just Alexander. If you're a Kentucky fan listening to this, he wasn't ranked super high. He was a four star coming into the into his loan season at Kentucky. And uh, he stepped up and carved a role out for himself as the starting point guard just by play by the by before conference play began. So we, we'll see what um, Dunning and Ford and Pinion can do. Uh, but I, I don't think they're just going to be buried on the bench. Um, you know, so yeah. some of these guys that came in from mid-majors, we, you know, we, we'd love for them to contribute at, you know, from the very jump, but that's not always the case. Sometimes a power five, you know, the tough SEC physical opponents will, uh, have them knock down a step or two, and they don't really contribute to the level that we thought they would. Jacob Toppin for Kentucky fans, a big example in his freshman year, so or sophomore year. So uh, that's 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 all like that's all there, and that's all something that to keep in mind. Not every recruit is going to be a top five, and not every transfer is going to be you know Oscar Sheway. But there is definitely going to be some co- uh, contributors here, and there's going to be some that are going to have a learning curve for sure. So. Uh, is there anything we said the the starting five, Ramon? And I think we, we mentioned the starting five to close out a game. Who would you want taking the last shot on, on this team so far? Well, me personally, I always start just me even being a basketball uh, fan and player. Like I, I think the last shot should goes to whoever is hot during the game. Oh, hundred percent agree. Me personally, hundred yeah. percent agree. Because I know, I think the smallest guy on the Arkansas roster is like 6'5". So, honestly, I guess it's really like a, a coin flip. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see the last shot going to Nick Smith. He he has that dog in him kind of, you know, play to it. <laughs> we always say that on this podcast. No, you always say that. I don't say that. You say that. <laughs> we do. At least uh-huh. when we had Matt on, he did too. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> He's not even going to listen to this. Uh, Anthony Black, I could see him taking that last shot, but I'd love to see Pinion or Dunning get the last shot some, you know, sometime. I think maybe against a lower level opponent, uh, you know, one where like a loss really won't hurt you, uh, you know, maybe something like that. Just you got to get those guys' confidence level up, and then also like I, I, I mean, Ricky Council is a great player, so if you watched him play it all last year, you wouldn't be mad about him taking the last shot either. Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. We do this every off-season episode, the all-time Arkansas starting five plus a six-man. I have my thoughts on these on the starting five. It might not be the most uh, conventional starting five, but it's 
the all-time players, I think, that have gone through Arkansas's program. Uh, but I want to hear Ramon's thoughts first. So, Ramon, who's your starting point guard for Arkansas? Oh, that's tough. That is tough. Um, my starting point guard is, like, up for grabs. I don't have a specific. <laughs> that's fair. This is I, I, for for the listener, I put Sidney Moncrief as the starting point guard. Even though he was more of a shooting guard, I think you could get away with him. He had the handle well enough to – he'd just be a score-first point guard, if we're being honest. Uh, he just had a good enough handle where he could get away with it as a point guard. Uh, Dow, what do you think? The, so, I, I think looking through all the guys that Arkansas put in the league, there are a ton of shooting guards. So, the, mm-hmm. the two position is super upper grabs. Uh, one of the point guards, if we're talking about guys that have that dog in them, mm-hmm. uh, he he allegedly tricks people, but you honestly might throw Pat Bev in just to kind yep. of mess mess with the other team's primary ball handler. And I mean, <laughs> I thought about that too. Yeah. My issue with it is it's always tough because we always talk about on this, in this segment, do we contribute their time at Arkansas only? Like, do we only account for that? Or would you count, do we account for what they did in the league? Cause like at Arkansas, Pat Beverly was really wasn't anything to write home about. And he ended up playing over in China for a couple of years before, or in Greece. I can't remember, but before he, he played went, like everywhere. Yeah. He played like kind of everywhere before he made it to the league. Uh, and now he's carved out a significant role as a starting point guard in the league. Um, but you know, so it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. That's why I put Sidney Moncrief because I think that, his time at Arkansas was there. Like he was, he was the guy, you know, and uh, he was drafted. Yeah. Um, not that's, that's a great choice. Honestly. Wait, what did Corey Beck play at Arkansas? Was he more of a two? Oof, you're asking the wrong person, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, I, this, I, this is guard. he is six one. So. Yeah. I mean, if he's six one, we can slide him at the point. I, yeah, I had a tie between uh, Corey and Sydney. I like that. I like that. So for the shooting guard, I went recency bias, but I just love him too much and wish he played for the Magic. I thought the Magic would have a shot at him. Is <laughs> Moses Moody? I thought he was gonna. I, I think he's still gonna be great. To be honest Hard. with you. What did you say, Ramon? I said that's crazy. I had Moses Moody as my two as well. Yeah, that's fair. I mean that that he earned it. He he's. He really, he really impacted the the record books, and he impacted every game that he played in at Arkansas those those two years. So, I think incredible. if we're if we're just going, uh, I think Isaiah Joe is another guy that I yeah. really like that would be the the other person that I would consider for the two. But I think Moody kind of gets it, especially Isaiah Joe is on like six three, Moses Moody six six. So if we're given a like a team building spin on this, uh, yeah, I think you go Moody. And also, Moody's one of the Montverde greats. He had a successful successful high school career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That team. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was saying that team was tough with him, Cade, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's produced, unfair. produced two of the, what, top three guys in Rookie of the Year this year. And most Moody is coming along on Golden State. Might want to. Yeah. If Moses Moody was yeah, if Moses Moody wasn't on Golden State, he would have been probably, you know, top five rookie this year. It's just he oh, buried behind the bench. Yeah. Uh, so for small forward, I put Joe Johnson. Do you guys have any discourse with this? Small forward, yeah. I actually put 
Ronnie Brewer. Okay. Had to switch it up. Yeah, my- I, I get you. Dad, what do you think? Um, I mean, you can't go really wrong with either of those t- those two. Um, if we want to get Ronnie Brewer on there, I mean, Joe Johnson, at least in the league, was definitely better than than Moses, so we could move him, move him there. Uh, yeah. But I mean, Ronnie Brewer and Joe Johnson can't go wrong with either of them. No, no I agree. Uh, for power forward, I put Bobby Portis. We all agree on that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> It's interesting because I I really couldn't stand him when he's at Arkansas, but now now that he's left, uh, he's become so lovable to me. Uh, Mainly just because in the SEC championship game against Kentucky, it was like there was just like he was talking all that crap before. And, you know, just it's just hard to talk crap against Kentucky that year uh, that he played that last year. He was there. It was tough, but he's, he's a great player, though. Yes, sir. Speaking of Kentucky, I do expect my boy Robert Dillingham to commit uh, at the end of this month. Oh, good. You can get a little insight there for our Beers and Buckets listeners and Kentucky listeners. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. We actually had uh, – I don't know if you follow Travis Graff. We've had him on the podcast before. Hey, I was I was just with him in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, him and him and Jack. Those are my guys. Yeah, so we had Travis Graff on the podcast back in – November and he had he had teased that Dilly was gonna commit back then and then like that was when Dillingham switched to NC State like literally after we stopped recording it was like he was committed to NC State <laughs> and we're like wow there's, not there's good a curse here so uh, let's hope Ramon knows and he and he has he's plugged in here <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> All right that was- Kentucky, y'all. So hey, I can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now on 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 Bobby Portis though, I went to earlier this year. I went to right at the beginning of January. I went to a Nets Bucks game and was going there. Is at the at Barclays. I was expecting you know get to see Giannis square off against KD. And for the first half, I think Giannis had like three fouls. KD had probably like 12 or something, but Bobby Portis went off for like 20 and 12 in the first half. And I was like, how the hell did I come to a game with Giannis and Kevin Durant and Bobby Portis is out here just being easily the best player on the floor. It was crazy. (laughs) That's funny. He was putting in work. Yeah. All right. So for our center, our all-time Arkansas center, who we have, who do you think, Ramon? Connor? No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I left the center blank because I didn't know who to go with. Yeah, I kind of – I pulled I pulled mine just kind of searching all-time list, and, and it seemed like the consensus was Oliver Miller. I don't I don't remember watching Oliver Miller probably because I wasn't alive. I, I honestly don't <laughs> even know. Uh, but I'm just going to go with what most experts say on this and say Oliver Miller. But we'll see as far as like – I mean, this is – we always talk about this, is the NBA impact versus at Arkansas – there could be a case uh, in the next 10 years for Jalen Williams, depending on where he lands. I really do like his game a lot, and I think he will have a, a great NBA career for sure. I do think even uh, what he did this year, he's made himself a lot of money to put himself in a position where he didn't have to come back the next year. So Absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't – beginning of the year, he wasn't on any mocks, and now he's going maybe 32nd and maybe sneaking in first round, depending on the team. I could see a team reaching for him there. How are we forgetting the guy that put up 17 and almost nine in 2018-2019? Daniel Gafford is my ah. pick for 
for All Star Center or for I, the All Arkansas Center. I like plus that. he's from Arkansas. Like I feel like he's the he's a movie at least in my lifetime because like you, I don't know who Owen Miller is. <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So for our six man, we gotta decide. I'm just gonna let you guys tell me yours and then I'll just kind of probably weigh my decision based on your two. So Who's our all-time six-man for Arkansas here? Well, since since I have Joe Johnson in my starting five, I have to. I'm gonna go with him as the six-man. Okay. Yeah. If if I'll since we definitely cater to our guests, we'll go. I'll I'll put Ronnie Brewer officially as my as my three, and I'll go Joe Johnson as my six-man too. That's and, fine. That's totally fine. So so yeah. we have Sidney Moncrief, Moses Moody, Ronnie Brewer, Bobby Portis. And uh, what what we land Daniel on Gafford. the Daniel Gafford? Well, no, you landed on Daniel Gafford. Well, what is Ramon saying? Uh, I'm gonna go with Oliver too. Oliver Miller as our center, and then we'll have uh, Joe Johnson as our sixth man. I like that lineup. That's a that's a good lineup. I don't know that's how it compares. Lineup. I don't know how it compares to. I still think UConn had like takes it for an all time lineup so far in our what uh, their their women's team, either women's or men's. Their men's team they're really good. That was. <laughs> He said they're women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. All right, Ramon. Well, this is your opportunity to plug anything you want, man. This is our last call. So uh, what do you want our guests to know? Where can they find you, your work, anything you want to plug, man? This is your opportunity. Most importantly, thank you guys for our listening and tuning in. Thank you, uh, guys, uh, Connor and Dow. Y'all been a uh, wonderful host, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on the platform uh, once again. Um, it's definitely been a f- – pleasure and a fun uh last hour and uh, a lot of great topics great segment and you guys do a wonderful job just even um like keeping a uh, college basketball algorithm going so uh definitely much respect and much love to you guys um but as far as people follow me they can follow me on twitter at uh grind so hard 228 ramon I, I yeah i try to follow everybody's back i'm not hollywood or anything so <laughs> We appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for taking the time. I know we had some issues with the technology and everything, uh, but it's all good. We got it recorded, and uh, this has been really fun. I think you've been a great guest, and uh, we're just happy you could come on and, sh- and uh, share with us about Arkansas. No, my pleasure. I, mean, I definitely look forward to being back. You guys are wonderful, uh, wonderful guys, and uh, even a wonderful podcast host. So it was anytime you guys need me, just let me know. I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Thank man. you for coming on. I think y'all definitely chat soon. Now, do you have any last call here as we close things out? Yeah, so last call. I We were talking earlier about how sometimes it's better for guys that come in in big classes to kind of be able to fly under the radar and develop at their own pace. Do you remember, so this is a little trivia, do you remember Kentucky's 2018 basketball recruiting class? 2018 uh so that was like the tyler hero kelton johnson like you're talking about that year yes who else is in that class ashton hagens uh emmanuel quickly uh ej montgomery correct do you remember how they were ranked that year oh ej montgomery was like the number one power forward that year um, EJ was, Montgomery number one, Ashton Hagen's number two, Keldon Johnson number three, Emmanuel Quickly number four, Tyler Hero number five. Yeah, you can literally flip that order, and it's who was actually ended up being good from that year. Oh yeah, like 
Tyler Hero was the best player. Emmanuel Quickly is second best. Kelvin Johnson probably the next best. Emmanuel Quickly took a little bit more time to develop. But, like, Emmanuel Quickly as a sophomore was better than Kelvin Johnson as a freshman. Like, yeah, coming and in as the, was a reclass that year, too. So, he like, yep, his true. stock was lowered well, a little bit. I think he was a reclass. He like technically should have been his... in that. Yeah, he should have been in that class, but he's still a reclass. So, he still had yes. less time playing uh, than those guys had. True. Uh, but yeah, like just I guess just to our point of talking about guys that are not as heralded recruiting wise, even if they are still very heralded, like that can that can always turn around and mm-hmm. be something that is is kind of surprising. Um, so yeah, I, I'll tag on that fun with, to, with my last call. I'll tag on that with my last call is that like take every recruiting ranking with a grain of salt because some of these guys like we saw with DJ Montgomery. And uh, I mean, uh, Amani Bates, like they they built their clout early and they kind of built that ranking early and they never progressed. Um, and they kind of stayed at like that. They hit their ceiling almost. Obviously, yep. it was high school. So like ceiling isn't really a thing in high school, um, but they never, you know, their, their, their opportunity to improve is lowered than some of the other guys like Shaden Sharp, like Cade Cunningham, like, you know, fill in the blank of people that in their senior year just rose to the top of the rankings. Um, so keep that in mind with recruiting rankings because, you know, somebody like Cason Wallace, who wasn't, you know, he's still high. He's still super high on this, uh, in this recruiting class. He could be the best player in this class. It's just that he's not a flashy scorer like Nick Smith or, you know, whatever. So uh, keep the, all that in mind um, when it comes to recruiting rankings. So um, I'll tag you on my last call with that. Cause that's, uh, people need to keep that keep a level head when it comes to recruiting rankings for sure all right yeah. man well this has been super fun uh i've really enjoyed this episode it's gonna be a little long i don't care i think this is all good content and if you don't like it don't listen to it i don't care uh no money out uh, of my pocket i guess actually listen to it <laughs> yeah please actually because, listen to it um you're already doing because you've made it to the end of the you podcast, made it this but... far just finish it <laughs> just <laughs> for sure uh we i appreciate you coming on dal i think your insight here has been fantastic especially with the draft stuff and then also with um with arkansas and just everything there i think you you do a fantastic job my friend i really appreciate you i appreciate you calling out people that have probably listened to now like two hours of our podcast (laughs) but no i i appreciate man i i have a blast doing these uh every week i need to actually restock on beer so that i'm not going back to my slipping back into my ways of not being prepared. Uh, so <laughs> I might have to, might have to make some moves there, but no, I, uh, thanks to everyone that made it this far and yeah, definitely. Thanks for hosting so that I don't have to do intros like we saw on that one podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. That. Uh, just to tease next week. Uh, it's Texas tech week. I'm not signing tease. I'm not, I'm just telling you it's Texas tech week. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, we have the talking tech guys coming on. I might see if they'd be down to do a double feature with the uh, tortillas and takes guys. And it uh, could be a little, could be a little feisty. Could, a little, could be a little uh, podcast war. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, going to be a fantastic episode. Texas Tech is reloaded for sure, and uh, you don't want to miss it. If you're interested in anything in college basketball, come check it out. Chris so, Beard, Chris Beard, who? <laughs> yeah, and Mark Adams, 100% for the win. Uh, so we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for checking us out, giving us a chance. If you're an Arkansas fan, to hit that subscribe button, follow button, whatever it is, and uh, make sure that you continue to listen to us. 
we'll give you shout outs in the season for sure. So appreciate you all. Have a great week. Peace. And it's all over. Peace.